this conversation here is interesting and, and a little bit alarming. I'm not going to lie. We're talking about rabies, something we don't hear about very often, especially when it comes to dogs, for good reason. We've done a really good job of getting rid of it, but we almost got ourselves into a situation here two years ago now, going back a bit. Uh, public health officials in Ontario, I believe, really had to scramble to ultimately, if it comes right down to it, save the lives of some 60 people. These people had been exposed to dogs carrying canine rabies. The dogs came here from Iran. That's another issue. We'll get to that in a second. First, though, rabies, life-saving intervention. How did the system prevent us from what could have really been pretty major problem. We're going to have a conversation with Dr. Tasha Epp, who is a veterinarian and epidemiologist at the University of Saskatchewan. Dr. Epp, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Hello. Yes. Before we get to the specifics of this particular incident, let's get a bit of a, a crash course in rabies here. These dogs were carriers. Now, I know we have rabies in Canada when we talk about bats and things like that. So yes. there's different kinds of rabies. Is that what we need to know? them as sort of a variant that is more likely to exist in that particular animal species but can you know be shared with other animals or people um, so bat rabies skunk rabies um, particularly here in the prairies um, raccoon rabies if yeah. you're more in ontario yep um, now canine rabies is more dangerous is it it's something we need to be more concerned about if you were to look worldwide, um, the number of rabies deaths in people, um, most of them will be because of the canine variant. Um, so it's possible that it's just uh, more likely to transfer to people, but also people are more likely to be in contact with um, a dog versus a raccoon or a skunk. Um, now, if you're exposed, and it sounds like the people in this instance wouldn't even know, right? Like you wouldn't know that you've been exposed to rabies and you wouldn't know until perhaps it was too late and symptoms have developed. How does it progress? How do you get exposed and then what's the progression? Certainly. Well, for um, rabies, when a dog starts showing the symptoms, unfortunately for a period prior to that, they're in what we call the incubation period. Um, and that is also a time period where they're not showing symptoms, but they could be infectious. Um, so that is the time period where if someone, uh, particularly in the case of these two dogs, the reason there was so many individuals is that, you know, family, friends, anyone that comes to see your new dog, um, during that window of time, they're potentially being exposed to the um, to the virus. Um, okay. Now uh, there is treatment. Fortunately, if 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 people figure out that you've been exposed, you can prevent any major issues, right? What is that treatment? Uh, so it's what we call post-exposure, um, and usually in in this country, it involves both giving sort of a um, an immunoglobulin. It's a kind of a thing that will target um, the virus and then also um, a bit of a vaccination. So it's kind of a two-pronged approach. Um, it's Essentially, it's highly effective at preventing you from going on to develop any symptoms of rabies and then having the unfortunate event of dying from rabies. Yeah, no kidding. Now, you head up a program designed to do exactly what happened here, right? You're on the lookout um, screening imported dogs, I guess. I don't know what the better, but this is what you do. You try and make sure that we don't have situations like this get out of hand, correct? So we have a study ongoing right now, um, and it's really just to get a sense of, um, is it a possibility of 
certain diseases that we are looking for. Yep. Um, rabies is not one that we can test to see if the individual has the virus. Okay. When they come in, we are essentially looking for, do they have a vaccine and do they have a, a high enough level of um, sort of a, immunity from that vaccine that we would consider them to be okay um, as a vaccinated animal. What things do you more typically look for then? What, uh, what sort of things are you on the, on the watch for? number. Um, actually, I'm, I'm involved with a, a risk assessment group that's really looking at what are all the different possible um, pathogens that dogs could bring in and what are the risks associated with those. You know, rabies is one that we're highly in, in, involved with because it has a fatal consequence um, for both dogs or people that come in contact with the rabid animal. Um, but there's also, we've had um, dogs with something called brucella canis. Um, which mainly affects dogs, but can and have had a case um, in people. Uh, But there's also other ones, leishmaniasis. The the list is quite big, but the risks are still quite small. And you know what, Doctor, those risks, you would think, after going through COVID and everything that we learned about viruses potentially jumping from animals to humans, and we hear that's going to be more and more common as we move into those sort of habitats, it would seem like the importance of a program like the one you're talking about just grows almost by the day, right? It certainly is important to know what we can. Um, Trying to test for everything would just be infeasible. Uh, And so really what we are uh, attempting to do with um, so the the CFIA introducing this ban from certain countries is really to lower those risks. We know these events can happen. We try to do our best to make sure that if they do, that they're very small number that do. Um, I, this isn't your wheelhouse. I don't even know if it's fair to ask you, but why are we bringing dogs here to begin? I mean, we've, we do stories all the time that our shelters are bursting at the seams. Would it be better to just say we're not bringing in dogs from other countries, at least rescues? There are certainly individuals that will advocate on both sides. Yeah, yeah. Um, some would like to say that it, we're better off to not do it, and others would say yes, but the welfare and protection of dogs uh, in other countries, if it's something we can help with. Yeah. Um, so I think you've got arguments on sure. both sides. No, I think yeah. you're absolutely right, Doctor. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it.